listening to Range Minded from Independence Indoor Shooting. Before we get started, make sure you connect with us on Facebook and on Instagram. Just search at Range Minded Podcast to find us. Or if you want to email us, you can do that too, podcast at iishooting.com. This is episode 107, where we talk about the life lessons that the shooting sports have taught us, like situational awareness, safety, mechanical. In fact, we discover that a lot of life skills you can pick up from getting into the shooting sports. As always, thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy episode 107 of Range Minded, the life skills you can learn from the shooting sports. Hello and welcome to Range Minded from Independence Indoor Shooting. My name is Mark Long, and as always, I am joined by... The ever-cool Steve Zimmerman, all the way from the other side of the state. I know, it's amazing technology now, you know? <laughs> you know, and it's like, uh, it's amazing that we can still record this far over the over the landscape while there's so many other people online sucking up bandwidth. <laughs> yeah, what was it, uh, like... N- Netflix and Hulu were saying that they had to like get extra servers or extra internet or whatever because they had to well, I, heard, I heard they dumbed down their quality. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. I, I know they I know they did it in Europe, but I don't know if they actually ended up doing it here. They they dumbed down the quality to to open up some of that bandwidth because so many people were watching. Right. There's so many people, yeah, sitting at home and everything and so are we still. Yeah. Yeah, but it's slowly opening up. It's kind of nice. We've got a we've got a phased plan now, which is good and uh, actually, I think a lot of states have like phased plans open now, so that's definitely yeah, a good well, thing. My one complaint, and and it really does irk me beyond all right now, is I just fulfilled or filled out my uh, absentee ballot. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'd ra- I would sure have rather been able to go to a booth. Yeah, I I think I think if I can go to Walmart and stand in line with a bunch of people, <laughs> I should stand be able to booth. use a voting booth. Sure, but I mean it is what it is. Well, absentee, I will say, is more convenient anyway. Uh, I guess call me old fashioned. I like the nostalgia. Of- <laughs> I feel you, but I, and I was going to say there's nothing like actually being at the ballot box either. So it's a uh, yeah, one watch of those rare that- things. Watching that ballot slide into the locked box when I know nobody else can play with it. That's right. And you've done your due diligence. Yeah. But your civic duty. But we're not talking about that today. No. And I was just going to say it. it is what it is. We There's no use complaining or hating about it. It, it is what it is. So we got to make the most of it. Otherwise, we go crazy. Yes, that's true. So um, but, you know, with all of the time inside and stuff, I've been I've been a little introspective and just thought about Ooh. had a lot of time to think. And one of the things I was thinking about lately was all of the life skills that I think being in the firearms world and having uh, firearms as a hobby and being in the shooting Uh sports um, has afforded me. I think I've learned a lot of life skills um, that are kind of applicable overall to life, you know, that I can attribute, you know, some of which to shooting. Sure. So that's what we were going to talk about tonight is the life skills that uh, the shooting sports can teach you. I like it. So I'm sure like you probably a have, a, have a few as well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what, And I think as we're talking, I think maybe some more things will come to fruition. Maybe even some of our listeners will be like, oh, I've never thought of it that way before. That That is kind of intriguing. Yeah. And uh, actually, we'll probably say this from the get-go, that if you have, uh, you know, if something comes to mind that you, you have learned and applied to your life that you've gotten from the shooting sports, let us know. Uh, Facebook and Instagram at range minded podcast. And you can email us podcast at iishooting.com. Oh yeah. We're always around. So, um, but what is always, I'm curious, what's the first thing that you thought of when I brought this up? Did, did one thing pop into your mind? 
Yeah, the very first thing that did pop into my mind um, was just having more of a an observant mindset, not being in the white anymore, but staying more in the yellow, I guess, to to take Cooper's color codes into effect. Yeah. Um, and and I've noticed too that that's that's moved across to my son as well. So like, I think we've talked about this before. Like we'll we'll go to the mall. Well, not right now. <laughs> we'll go to the store or somewhere like that, and and we're more observant to to exits. We're more observant to people, um, behavioral, you know, just, you know, it seems like more people are agitated anyways. Maybe that's just perception <laughs> than reality, but you go to Walmart and, and I notice I'll, I'll be looking at people's hands more. Um, I'll be looking at, you know, their facial expressions or their body language a little bit, a little bit more in depth. And I know a lot of that comes from um, like classes with Adam. Um, sure. You know, cause we, we talk about a lot with, with uh, telegraphing and stuff in his classes. And then uh, just some of the defensive handgun classes I've taken about just just being more ready than not. Yeah, for sure. Situational awareness was definitely the top one on my list. Um, you know, I've always liked to think that I've I've had at least a, a general idea of what's going on around me. Um, but definitely learning about situational awareness and concealed carry and all that. And when you have the responsibility of carrying a firearm, it really does I think automatically, at least it should make you more situationally aware. Yeah. And so and you, it's, and you know what I've, I've noticed? Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you out. Oh, you're good. But I was going to say what I've noticed too is like, and I'm human. I still fall into that trap of like, Oh, I wonder how many likes I got on my comment on Facebook <laughs> and I'll pull out my phone, like I'm standing in line or something at, at, uh, at, you know, the grocery store or whatever. And then I have to consciously sell, tell myself, put it away and pay attention. Yeah. Like if, if I'm telling people they need to pay attention, then why am I not paying attention? Well, nobody's perfect, but it's the fact that you can say that and you can have that alarm bell go off in your head. It's like, okay, I should put this away, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, some people probably don't think about that at all. Yeah, that's true. Um, but what I was going to say was, um, you know, what I've seen is that how many people are not paying attention. That's the scary thing to me <laughs> is when, when you're situationally aware and after you like, especially when you first start like kind of paying attention to what other people are doing, nobody is paying attention. And it's, it's kind of scary, but it's at least you can hopefully get, you know, when somebody is paying attention or somebody is acting weird, you can kind of feel it out. You know, you can, you yeah. can, you can recognize it. Yeah. And, it, and, it really is kind of startling when you hit that awakening point, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. To and, a degree. and you really, you really are observing other people and you realize like, and I think I've talked about this before too. Last summer, something we went to the mall and we don't want to, my son and I don't want to walk around the mall like the girls do. So they'll <laughs> go into some store and we'll just sit up, sit out on one of the chairs in the, in the big aisles, you know? And, uh, and we'll just count how many people are on their cell phones. Oh, it's probably and everybody. It is almost, it's probably 98% of the people are walking with a cell phone in their hand, not really paying attention. Man. Yeah. I believe That's, it. It's amazing. Yeah. Same so thing when in you, Walmart like you, or even driving. Yeah. Well, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. A lot while driving. I, I, my daughter was telling me the other day that somebody they knew that they, uh, they have a newer SUV with the big screen, you know, and then oh, maybe yeah. it was an aftermarket radio. Sure. But they, uh they bypass the safety measure so they can, the driver could even watch the movie on the screen. Oh my gosh. Seriously. 
That makes total sense, doesn't it? Oh my God, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, people want to do whatever they're doing except for actually paying attention to whatever they're supposed to be doing. Um, but yeah, having that situational awareness and just even like being able to maneuver through crowds, um, you know, because most everybody else is still on their on their phone anyway. Um, yeah. You know, but being able to just know like who's in front of you, who's behind you. Same thing with driving or like, you know, not anytime lately, but like concerts or any kind of like big, you know, events like that. You always, yeah. you can, I feel like I can move around those kind of areas and stuff better, you know? Which is interesting because think about all the surveillance. I don't, for some reason, side note, sorry, ADD <laughs> second, but uh, all these surveillance cameras, right? Like everybody has a cell phone and has the ability to take pictures or video. Right. But, but none of them are, are really using it. So. Using it to pay attention. Yeah. So that's, um, that's craziness. But the, uh, the, the situational awareness and just being aware of what's around you definitely is, um, something that I've been able to pick up and learn and really, um, embrace, you know? Yeah. It just makes me feel like I am more prepared, um, just in life as I go about my day. And that's actually the, one of the other things I put right next to situational awareness is, um, preparedness. You know, it really, hmm. if, especially if you get into the concealed carry mindset, you kind of realize that like, you know, you go through hypotheticals about what situations could happen, you know, um, what, you know, is likely to happen, what is kind of less likely to happen, um, you know, and, and just to be prepared for kind of whatever situation, um, like if you're, you know, driving across the state, for example, um, you know, if you're going somewhere that you are not familiar with, um, you know, it may benefit you to, to be more prepared for different situations, you know? Yeah. And I, and I think I've seen that too, or felt that in some of my classes that I've, that have changed my life. I think I mentioned, and we're bouncing back all over from years, <laughs> but back, I guess. But, um, so my, uh, my first aid class, that trauma class is by far one of the most favorite classes I've ever taken. Yeah. But, and so since then, like I always have one, two or three tourniquets, you know, they're, they're always within arms reach of me, whether it's in my vehicle or uh, in the bag I take to church or whatever, like I, uh, shooting bags I've got. I've noticed that I, I carry more stuff like that more frequently. And then I'm also kind of gaming those scenarios in my mind once in a while. Not as much as I used to, and I probably should get back on that track. But you just kind of war game in your mind and imagine if, you know. Yeah, and what I've noticed so I, is yeah, that I think I can sympathize. The more training that you get, like, you know, like taking a concealed carry class or like an enhanced class or um, anything like that is you start to like realize you don't know what you don't know. And that there are yeah. more situations or more responsibilities you might have to deal with um, that you don't think about until, you know, it's either brought up, hopefully, or, or heaven forbid it happens to you. Yeah. And so just I think as as you get along in your firearms journey more, and especially with concealed carry more than anything else, is that you realize there's different situations and you have to not only be aware of those situations possibly happening, but being trained to react to those situations. Sure. So I just thought that was, that's something that they kind of go hand in hand because, you know, being situationally aware is probably the foundation of what makes you more, um, aware, um, and more prepared to deal with any situation. But, um, like you said, for example, like with, um, 
with a turn, like carrying tourniquets or whatever. I think when a lot of people get into the shooting sports first, they think, Oh, nothing bad's ever going to happen. It's not going to happen to me. <laughs> and then, you know, something happens. Maybe yeah, I mean, it, it might not does. be to you or your friend or something, but maybe it's somebody a couple stalls down or uh, maybe you're out sure. with, uh, with some friends or friends of friends or something. And, um, you know, something happens and, you know, you'd, you'd be wishing you have that medical training at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Or even just, and I was going to say just the more, even the more you're around too, with, with people who shoot and stuff, you're going to hear more stories as well, which is going to stop and make you think. And, and I guess good and bad, the internet's riddled with, you know, experiences at the shooting range or stories of, of stuff just like that happening. Like, yeah. And, and, you know, when I teach the, the range safety officer class, I, I, it, in the curriculum that the NRA provided said, oh, shooting incidents are rare at a shooting range. Well, I actually disagree with that. It's more common than what people think of, of incidents happening. Maybe a lot of them aren't, aren't injuries, but there's a higher percentage of actual injury uh, incidents that take place at ranges than what, what people might want to recognize, I guess is a better way to put it. Sure. And so, so, so being prepared is uh, at the utmost importance when we talk about the shooting sports. Yeah. And just, but having the confidence to know that you can handle that situation, because for me, what, what yeah. I started to realize was like, if somebody brought something up, I'd think to myself, well, oh my gosh, what would I do in that situation? Like, I don't know if I'd be able to be a help at all. I think if I even tried anything, I'd be a hindrance. Yeah. And so, and, that, and I think if, if you're, if you're really a student, you'd be honest with yourself about, about being that way. Like you, you would be teachable and humble about that point. Like, oh man, I really don't know. And I, I need to learn. Right. Exactly. That, yeah, it was a big impetus to kind of get more training on uh, medical and um, just every, anything and everything, basically as much as you can. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, but yeah, those two kind of go hand in hand with me or for me, at least um, just having the knowledge to know, um, you know, what you do know, what you don't know, what you need to, to work on. Um, and then, you know, just having the awareness to know what's going on and you're just around right. you when you're out in the real world, because that's, you know, where you're basically practicing your training and living your training. Right. And, and you always want to train the way you're going to fight. And so the first thing about fighting is to avoid the fight. You don't want to be in the fight. So you need to be conscious about everything around you. Yeah. And, uh, and then pre-prepared, like you're saying, prepared for when it, when it may happen, which hopefully it doesn't. Yeah. And that's actually, you bring up a good point there too, where, um, I think situational awareness really allows you, it gives you more options where, you know, Oh, I never saw that guy come and I had to pull my gun and this, that, and the other, but if, maybe if yeah. you were more situationally aware, you know, or paying attention, you'd know that there was an exit that you were able to, to, to see. And, you know, I remember Bill brought it up in, in classes and stuff is that, you know, you have to, um, you know, prove to a, a jury of reasonable people that you did what a responsible person would have done. And, you know, they're not going to look at it necessarily the same way that you are in your situation. They're going to think, well, why couldn't you, just, why couldn't they just use the door right there that was behind them? You know, it's, they didn't yeah. think about adrenaline running through your system or this, that, and the other, but you know, it, it benefits you to be kind of as aware as you can about your situation. If anything like that does ever happen. And the reality is, is, is ignorance is never a defense. It, you cannot defend your ignorance in any way. Right. And, uh, it, it really lies on, and that's, you know, we, we've talked about it many times, I think, and you hear it a lot of times in, in good quality classes is where you have a lot more responsibility when you carry a defensive tool, whether it be a knife or 
a firearm or whatever, that you understand your role in the situation. And, and if you can leave, you have to leave. Like it's prudent. And then, but, but if it's life or limb, then maybe, maybe that was just cause to use, use that tool. It, it's a big deal. And, and I still see a lot of people that have, haven't made that connection of, of the responsibility of, of carrying a defensive tool. Yeah. I think that's a great, another thing that, yeah, comes up is that you, it sounds kind of cliche or whatever, but if, if you're in the firearms world for a long enough time, you're going to learn some responsibility. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least you better, you better be. One way or another, you're going to learn some responsibility, whether, you know, that's the easy way or the hard way, I guess. And yeah, you do have to really be conscious of that, of, you know, that a firearm is not a, you know, a, a, wonder tool or uh, is automatically going to save your life or make you the hero or whatever. It's just, it's a tool you use to, you know, to survive a situation if need be. Otherwise it's, it's not doing you any good, you know? Yeah. And that concealed weapons permit isn't like a deputy sheriff badge either. Like (laughs) it doesn't, it does not afford you any kind of other privileges other than, you know, I guess to exercise your, your second amendment rights a little bit more. And that's a whole nother topic that I know might <clears throat> boil somebody's blood over, but <laughs> it is just simply a permit to, to carry uh, a, a firearm or a knife or whatever you might be using as a defensive weapon. Right. Yeah. And um, it, it, again, you know, the longer that you're in it and, and the more, I think maybe you get involved, like working at a shop or maybe at a competition or something like that, the more people I think you do end up seeing who, maybe aren't so responsible and could could stand to be a lot more responsible, oh, you know, I get, I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it also, I think it makes you, you know, kind of check yourself where you think, okay, you know, oh, am yeah. I being as responsible as I can? Am I getting the training that I should be, um, you know, X, Y, and Z. So. And it should be making you look a little bit more introspectively to say, Oh man, I, I've, I've been doing this wrong for my whole life. I, I have to change. <laughs> well, and then another thing, um, you know, kind of checking yourself is learning about the laws and, you know, the rights that you do and do not have. And, um, you know, learning the legal ends of carrying a firearm, really getting in depth with something like that is, um, something I think a lot of people don't necessarily take the time to do. Um, but it really helps deepen your understanding. And I think solidifies, at least in my mind, the responsibility of what carrying a firearm is like for you, because, you know, you, you can get that taken away, pretty quickly if you're not, you know, acting as responsibly and as a reasonable person would. And yeah, um, like we've said before, uh, you know, every, you know, if you are heaven forbid in an incident, every bullet you fire is going to have a, uh, a lawyer attached to it. True story. And so you, in, in some, in some way, shape or another, you, you will have to defend what, what you did. Yeah. So it's uh, something that, you know, it, I, I started thinking about, especially after, you know, hearing about the legal portion of, of classes and just different stories of people, because <clears throat> you'll go to jail and anything, you know, you like they say in the movies it, and when people actually get arrested, anything you say can and will be used against you. And, you know, even if you had every, in, you know, intent and you were right all across the board, you might say something that could, you know, be taken the wrong way or incriminate you or something. And right. You know, so, um, it definitely has made, you know, made me more legally aware. Um, and also just kind of aware of kind of gun rights in general. I think maybe people 
maybe they True. own a gun or they have, you know, maybe they are do enjoy shooting, but they don't get into the legal part of it or the, uh, the, the rights part of it, you know? Yeah. And, and that, and I understand that that's not for everybody, you know, I, oh, sure. I tend to be a little bit more political than some other people and that's <laughs> fine. It, I don't, I don't belittle anybody. And I don't know everything either. Like I know there are people that are, are way more, I hate to use the word extreme, but that really does fit way more extreme when it comes to, to the gun right side of it. And, and I appreciate those people that can dedicate more energy to it. I, I do what I can as much as I can. Um, but you know, there, there, there is that side of it that I, I actually really do like, I like the constitutional side of it and, uh, and I like to, to do my best to preserve it. So getting to know your gun laws is, is awesome or any, any legal side of it is, is important. Yeah. I mean, it's just, if you're going to carry a gun, I think it, you, it, it behooves you to know your rights and responsibilities as a carrier and even as a gun owner in some States, you know, because if you're going to defend your home or your property, there's going to be some laws that affect you there in one way or another. And, um, Mm -hmm. you got to know those even down to, even down to storing a firearm. Yeah, exactly. Be be really difficult. Um, what else did you have on your list? Anything that, uh, anything else came up to mind? Yeah. So another thing for me, and, and maybe it's more of the retail side of it, but I guess some of the teaching side of, well, is it's, it's helped me with my, my people skills. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. Not, I'm not terribly socially awkward, <laughs> but I can communicate with people. And the, the more you're around, it, I guess it's like immersive learning, right? The more you're around it, the easier it is to communicate with people in and relate to people. Sure. Um, but, but being behind the gun counter and, and teaching people one-on-one or in, in group sessions really has helped me quite a bit just to, um, just be able to, I don't want to keep using the word communicate either because that's really <laughs> redundant, but be able to associate and to, to sympathize and to see things um, in a different way. Um, you know, it keeps, keeps me from being more closed minded if I'm around more people, I guess. And yeah. uh, it, it, that has helped me a ton, you know, being, being behind the gun counter and selling guns has even opened doors for me that I would, didn't think would ever open. So sure. It, yeah. In that, and, and outside of the gun community, like, um, in my, in my real job, you know, communicating with homeowners and, and contractors and suppliers, Yeah, it, it's just makes it easier for me in the long run. Yeah. Well, teaching, I mean, and, and instructing and even RSOing and stuff, you learn how to, like you said, communicate, but also just help people understand what you're trying to say instead yeah. of, instead of just like, I think people who, especially, you know, they're, they're new to guns and they're excited about it and, and it happens. They want to talk about their guns and why theirs is the best and how they've gotten to their decision and X, you know, X, Y, and Z. But I found that the longer I get, I'm, you know, in, in the gun world, I've, I've kind of made my decisions there and I know what works for me, Yeah. but I learned that what works for me may not work for somebody else. Um, but something that may not work for me works for them. So at the same time, there's enough right answers to go around. It's just a matter of what works best for you in your situation. And, hearing different people's stories of either how they got into firearms and um, why they like to shoot and this, that, and the other, there's, there's no two stories that are alike, you know? Yeah. And I love that aspect of it. I love, I love to, to listen to people. I love to hear people's story. And, and to me, that's fascinating. And you taught, you touched on something that is, is really key for especially seasoned gun owners is when you, you talked about how some people that may be just beginning into it and they're, they're excited about their firearm purchase or, or a gun they've had for a little while. You know, we may not like it. Maybe that 
this person, all they can afford is a high point or something. <laughs> and they think it's the greatest gun ever. And, and I think it's important as gun owners that we don't belittle them. Say, oh, you bought that piece of shit, whatever. <laughs> that thing's garbage. You're going to hate it. We shouldn't, we don't know the sacrifice or what into what went into that purchase. Right. And we need to validate the purchase or, you know, whatever they have for them so they can keep enjoying the sport. If, if we shut people down with whatever they could afford, then, you know, first of all, we're the bad guy and it might, they might not want to associate with us anymore anyways, or they might think, Oh, they're right. I, I suck. This is embarrassing. I can't take this to the range. I'm out of my league and I'm never going to make shooting friends or anything like that. Yeah. That's a good point. it's, It's terrible. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, this may surprise you, Steve, but I, I kind of think sometimes the gun community can get a little elitist. <laughs> no, that's no surprise, especially CZ owners. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just kidding. I like CZs. Um, no, you're, you're absolutely right. In fact, right, we talked a little bit off air about somebody we both know they get kind of, uh, tactical. We've, we've brought up that term before where, sure. where they may, they actually, I feel like a lot of those folks. Um, that at least there's a percentage of those tactical guys that really have very little training. Um, but they watch enough YouTube videos of the cool guy classes and, and, and they just <laughs> emulate what they see instead of actually learning it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it kind of turns people off. I've actually seen it in gun stores where, you know, I'll, I'll be trying to sell a gun and somebody will come up to the counter and they'll think how cool they are. And then it just rubs people the wrong way. Um, we don't need to be that way as gun owners. We need to, we need to meet people at the same level so we can build everybody up together. Yeah. I think we need to, I think it, you know, in addition to communicating, I think listening, just even just listening, even if you don't think that they're, you know, that they have it together. I mean, you can help kind of guide them along. Well, that's, but that's just, really, that is, that's part of communicating. Have a conversation is, is speaking and, and listening. You know, the majority of a conversation should be listening. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, being in the firearms world for as long as I have has, has gotten me to, to learn how to do that better, you know? Yeah. So, um, another thing as I, I thought, you, as I cut you off, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we are a special exception. We can cut each other off. No problem. Um, but kind of going at it another way, um, from being a student, um, actually from not being much of an athlete, uh, throughout my life, um, shooting and being in the shooting sports has helped me kind of learn about like economy of motion and how your body works and how to like really mm-hmm. feel how minor adjustments and, and fine motor skills really can affect the outcome of what you're trying to do. And just the yeah. small adjustments and the repetitions that you can do to, um, you know, make your shooting better and just everything from, you know, having a proper stance to a proper grip to breathing, to, you know, shooting while moving. I mean, there's, you know, 6 million different things that, um, you know, that, that are involved in the physical aspect of, of shooting a firearm and shooting it well and accurately, um, you know, and really being able to work on those, um, has really like even helped me like working out, like, cause you know, you can work out properly or work out incorrectly and knowing like what your body should be doing and how to move it properly without hurting or injuring yourself. Um, you know, like getting a slide bite, for example, um, is important. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I never really thought about that, but as you were speaking, you know, I, I thought about just the other day and maybe you saw the pictures of me shooting my, my old sharps rifle. Yeah. That was super cool. And, and, uh, you know, I, I thought about, it, I was like, man, you know, you're right. You, I, I've had to learn a little bit more about how to control my breathing, how to control my hands in a certain way. So I'm not 
pulling the gun off target. And, uh, yeah, I've never really even, I guess I haven't even thought about it that way. Yeah. That, that <laughs> does make sense that I've had, I've had to learn to control my body in a different way as, as terrible as that might sound. Right. But, uh, yeah. Well, it's, it's every, you want to keep everything still except for that trigger finger. I mean, you think about the, the, the exercise where we, you know, you put a penny or a, a casing or something on the front, you know, the front of your, your gun and you try to pull the trigger without it moving. I mean, that's basically trying to keep your whole body still and only move one part of, you know, of your body at a time and, and stay yeah. as steady as you can. I mean, that's, that's like, you know, trying to, to make the perfect golf putt, you know, your, your hips move and everything else basically stays the same. Right. So it's, uh, yeah, that, that- that makes me think of a story. Uh, last summer, you know who Nate Shellman is, right? So he's a yep. radio, a talk radio guy. Yeah. And uh, he he was at the store and he, he put me on the air and he he showed me his target that he shot and, he, and it was kind of all over the place. And Sure. So I, I, sh- I showed him a, a technique of how to, when you hold the, the handgun particularly, you can extend your pinkies and touch your pinky, the points of your pinkies together. And that helps from squeezing that gun as you press press the trigger and he gave me the funniest look like he thought i was just giving him some kind of a, a bs thing just to <laughs> to see if he'll do it just to, yeah see if and, he uh, take the bait and well he took the bait actually <laughs> and he showed me he showed me the target after and i wasn't quite sure what to like i've taught people that technique before it's not a new technique it's sure. been around for for ages and he he brought me back on the air like five minutes later. He's like, Steve, I gotta, I gotta tell you something. I was like, Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> and I thought it wasn't going to work. Like I thought I was just going to get totally roasted on, on, on the air. And, um, and yeah, the two the- targets he had side by side were, were drastically different. Like, and it just, <laughs> it just felt good to be like, Oh man, I still, I still have some credibility. That's good. Still yeah, got it. That technique, it, it, it brought up his, his grouping and I mean, it was still, wasn't that great but he's not a big <laughs> shooter all the time either but yeah but it, it definitely like I, it probably reduced the size of the group i don't know 40 percent or so which that's is impressive. still quite a bit just from one thing yeah yeah um that's like uh, my uh, friend danny the friend of the podcast he uh yeah you know he's been getting into shotgun shooting a little bit more and i think it was like the second time i took him out to go shoot um he was you know we were kind of messing around just shooting the, the target with a shotgun or whatever and he was always shooting um I think it was a little too, it was low. And he goes, it's weird because I'm, yeah. I'm shooting the same place every time. So I'm consistent, but I'm shooting low. And so I took a look and saw what he was doing. I said, okay, well, why don't you try just bringing that, that shotgun a little closer in center and a little higher up. So you're not resting the whole stock on your shoulder right there. You know, maybe like the bottom half or right. bottom third. And he goes, so yep. he was kill- He was tilting his head way to the, to the side. Yeah. Yeah. And he was forcing his, his head forward, which was kind of messing up his, his angle, I guess. And, um, yeah, I raised it up and sure enough, he goes, yep, that was it. Now then he could, and just like that, he was able to basically shoot a lot closer to where he was aiming at. Nice. Yeah. I'm a terrible, we already talked about this. I'm a terrible shotgun shooter. <laughs> Zero for or three for a hundred. Well, it was, it was more than that. It was like 23 <laughs> out of a hundred. Still, give me some credit. There you go. Yeah, so one out of four, I guess that's that's better than me. <laughs> I'll give you that. It's yeah. <laughs> we need to go clay shooting. Yeah, we we should probably get somebody on who's a, an accomplished clay shooter and and have some things to learn and maybe see if we can redeem ourselves. Yeah, well, I definitely need redemption. Yeah, and and that's the other thing too is that you know you could almost think of shooting as almost an interdisciplinary sport because you have 
um, not only handguns, but you have shotguns, you have rifles, you know, and you have long distance shooting, you have carbine, carbine shooting. There's all different kinds of, of, you know, flavors of shooting, I guess, for lack of a better term that you can, you can get into, you know? Yeah. And, and it, there is a lot. And, and plus when you get into competitive side, not just shooting different platforms, but shooting competitively, it is pretty awesome when, when you actually shoot some kind of a, um, in a match yeah and then uh and and you lose (laughs) but it it teaches you how to lose with grace right oh yeah hold on there's chaos at the at the steve house yeah they left the door open hold on there Um, we go no you're good um one of the things yeah it's it's it also teaches you i think how to learn how to like accept that there's always going to be somebody better than you um, there's always going to be there people always is. Yeah. And there's always going to be people worse than you, but you can learn from both kinds of people. Yeah. And, it, and it's fun. And the other thing I've noticed, and there's, there's a few competitive guys and we talked about the tactical guys at the store, but, um, there's, there's always a few competitive guys that are kind of prima donnas and sure. And just a little too much, but for, for the most part, that, that's a small fraction. Like in my experience, when, when I've shot in some matches, uh, the majority of them are just so willing to help and suggest good ideas or even ammo. Like here, shoot some of my ammo. If you don't have enough, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that in a match. Like, Hey, I, you know, just here, here's some of my ammo. Shoot this. Yeah. Okay. The generosity of people is, is pretty cool. I mean, even just loaning firearms and gear and stuff, if, if need be. Oh, yeah. And especially if you're like a first timer. Yeah. They're, they're all for it. Um, when well that that sharps I have, the gentleman that owned it before did uh, did a lot of cowboy action shooting. Oh, okay, yeah. And and I mentioned to him I was like, yeah, because I still think it'd be fun, but it's an expensive sport to get into. Sure. A lot of those those cowboy guns can get pretty pricey. Oh yeah. But he's like, hey, why don't you come? Why don't you come? I'll I'll bring a couple guys that that shoot with me. And we went out to the the cowboy action range, just north of me, not too far. Anyways. He let me shoot a, they set up a couple stages and he let me shoot them just, just for fun. I mean, it wasn't a real match, but just to, to see if I liked it. And I did love it, but just to get like familiar, I say, yeah. oh man, it's a lot of money to get involved into it. Yeah. But the other thing that's, it's fun too, is getting a little bit of validation that you, you know, your skills are, are there. Um, I remember, you know, the first couple of times I did competitions and stuff was like, wow, I don't know if I'm going to do any good. Like I'm going to just suck the whole time and it's not going to be fun. Then it's like, oh, like even like under pressure, I can actually, I can do this and I can, I can shoot well and in front of other yeah. people even. <laughs> and that's kind of nice and validating and to know that you can, that you can, you know, you can repeat the skills that you have in your mind when you're under the best of circumstances at the range, you know? And your skills improve so much if you can get involved in, in competitive shooting, even, I mean, you don't have to go to those big fancy matches. Like there's a lot of local matches that they're just fun. Yeah. And, and your skills will improve. And you're, I mean, even your local, uh, your local gun shop, you know, might have competitions. You know, I think, you know, we, we've had our competitions here and there. We, we used to have Hogan's alley, which was super cool. Um, yeah. We you know, set up some of those again. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. And, you know, it's just a matter of, of finding out when those are and going. And usually people are super friendly. So, um, yeah, you know, that kind of ties in the communication and the camaraderie about shooting. Um, but also just, you know, expanding your skills and, 
being willing to learn. I think that's kind of one of the things is that it's taught me is that you, you need to be willing to learn and you're going to meet people who know a lot and just soak up all the info you can from them like a sponge. Yeah. And don't be intimidated. No, be intimidated about going and and even just to go and watch, like it is just fun to watch some of these people shoot. Yeah. And you, and you see it, it's funny because the really good people look like they're doing it in slow motion almost, or it's, you know, how does, what's yeah. it's slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Yeah. And you really do see people that are, that look like they're kind of going slow, but they're really just, they're really killing it. Yeah. It makes me think of a, a good friend of mine here in Idaho Falls. He's a very seasoned shooter, um, Dave Cook, and he shoots single stack uh, 1911s in, in USPSA. And oh, wow. That, that old boy, he still shoots as fast as everybody else. Yeah. And he's not terrible. He's not like he's not a hundred years old, <laughs> but he's, he's in his, I bet he's mid sixties, maybe even close to 70. Yeah, that's up and, there. And he's, he still rocks it. Like, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. That and, is, uh, that's pretty cool. He, and his boys are the same way. They're all, you know, his, his two sons are, are current police officers. He was a police officer for a long time. And, uh, and they just shoot and they shoot well. Yeah. That's cool. Um, tons of fun. I've learned a lot from that guy. He's, he's kind of my mentor with some of this stuff. Yeah. Well, like you said, it's probably even just by watching, you know, you can, you can get just, you can get a lot of knowledge just by watching. So, um, but shifting over to like the actual guns themselves. Um, one thing I've learned a lot is just kind of how things work, kind of like improving my mechanical mind, you know? Mm, I think, I think that learning how kind of the science and the mechanics behind how firearms work has helped me kind of develop that part of my mind because, um, you know, my dad was a mechanic for, you know, 30, 40 years. He still is. He's got another, he's got kind of an office job now, but like, that's, that's what, you know, I grew up watching him do. And, you know, I always, I never, I just, it never clicked when I was a kid, how, how cars worked and how engines worked and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I kind of learned a little bit the basics as, as I got older, but, um, you know, I think what really clicked for me with it was about, you know, how learning about how firearms work and putting together an AR 15 and clean, you know, taking your guns apart to clean them and stuff. And just watching, even Mm -hmm. just watching videos on that and, um, how everything operates, you can really, once you learn to kind of break it down into different steps and you can see what different components are doing, um, you know, it really does kind of train your mind to, to kind of be wired that way. Um, sure. if that's something yeah. you're interested in and then you can, you can apply that to other things, you know? And it does really apply to everything else. One, one thing that while you're talking made me think of something else was not to steal your thunder, I guess. Sorry. No, that was, that was it. <laughs> I don't know if you're okay. But, uh, it, for me, so, and and I've never been scared to try things. Like I'm not scared to fail. Right. Um. So, but it it just kind of helped me reiterate things. Like uh, I working at the shop over there, I've had a chance to to build some some guns. You know, we talked about my 1911 that I built from a rough frame to 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 cycling, which was a lot of work. Um. Oh, but yeah. and it was definitely it was definitely outside of my wheelhouse. Like. Uh, like it's something I'd never thought I would do before. Like before that, I would never even tear, tear apart my 1911 to frame because <laughs> it made me nervous. Right. And, but then to go and, and to build one and I'm not scared to tear down a 1911 anymore, but also like coating or adding sites or whatever, like it just helped me remember that it's okay to try 
it's okay to fail to some extent. You know, most of the time you're not going to break anything unless you get really aggressive with it. <laughs> yeah, but if it's it, in pieces, it's fun that's as you one can thing. branch yeah. out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and I'd say but the more it's that okay, it's okay to branch. The more that you dive in, and the more that you you learn, and the more mistakes you make, the more comfortable you're going to be overall. I think with with doing things because I remember I've I've built what three four ARs now, mm-hmm. and you know I remember the first one I you know I watched the same video the same CMMG video like sixteen times like well wait how do you, <laughs> how does it know which spring is which and but it's in this bag, but it's not supposed to be. Am I missing a piece? Like blah, blah, blah. Like, and then now it's like, Oh, I don't even need to watch the video. I can just do it. Like you just, yeah. you just learn eventually how you can. And it just becomes memory. Um, and you become a lot more. And, and it really is. It really is super simple. Like even the 1911, I was just over worried about it. Like it, it really is simple. You know, you talk about the mechanics of things, if you open your mind a little bit and understand like, Oh, this, this has to go here in order to make this function properly. It, it, it's super helpful. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And just knowing, you know, I think it helps you more intimately know your, your firearms too, to where it's like, okay, you know, this is happening because of this, or this should be a little bit smoother because of this. Maybe I didn't put it together the right way. Like, you know, you, you just, you just learn and, and you, you can learn by feel a lot more. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just the experience. It's, it's worth the, worth the experience on its own. Even if you screw up the first time that, that experience of growing is, is worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And then going back to the, um, the responsibility and growing and stuff like that is, um, just being safety conscious and, and learning mm-hmm. to, um, uh, but then this is more, I think going back to RSO training, but, um, you know, I think everybody who wants to be more involved in firearms should take an RSO course just because um, not only because Steve teaches one, <laughs> um, but just because you realize it's one of those don't know what you don't know things. Because I think when you, you know, especially as a new shooter, if you're going to the range for the first time or maybe you're going, you're new and you have only gone a few times, you're concentrating on what you're doing, um, which you should right. be doing. Um, but you're, you're not necessarily concentrating or, or even noticing what other people are doing. And it kind of goes back to situational awareness a little bit, but, um, you know, you just being an RSO and having that kind of training, you learn what other people are doing and what they should and shouldn't be doing it. It's going to help when you take other people shooting. I think, does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I know we've touched on this probably more than one episode that even just out shooting with, with friends or family, like. Um, learning to what to look for because, like you said earlier, you don't know what you don't know. But uh, getting that safety conscious thing happening, and then going out and shooting with friends, you you see things more often. You realize, oh, that that muzzle shouldn't have swept me or whatever, you know. Right. And then, but that still ties over to driving to work. Like if you know what to look for, and you realize, oh, that could be a hazard. You should be more safety safety conscious everywhere you are. Yeah, you can get out of a situation more easily than if if you know it's coming rather than having to simply just react. Right. And that yeah, that's that's a Action. good way of putting it. Yeah. Action's always faster. Yeah. Um but also the the kind of secondary consequence of being more of being more safety minded and and leading by example is that people uh, I and I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to put this, but people come to respect you more and trust you more as a resource for firearms. I think, especially when mm-hmm. you're training new people and you're friendly to new people, um, whether, you know, they're your friends or family or strangers, 
Um, and that's, True. you know, part of, I think, being a good steward of the Second Amendment. Well, just the other day, like a friend of mine, he shoots a little bit. He doesn't have a lot of guns. He's a big time hunter, but I mean, he just has a few guns because that's all he needs. Anyway, his dad, which I would never expect uh, to ask about purchasing a gun. He asked me, hey, tell me about an AR-15. Like what what gun's good for defense? What, wow. what handgun should I get? Yeah. And this is a guy that, you know, a couple of months ago, I asked him about it and he. You know, I, I'm joking. Hey, when are you going to get an AR? And oh, no, I would never have one of those things in my house. Really? <laughs> so you never know when things are going to change and people you know, people are going to be interested. And it was kind of nice that, you know, he he chose to to come and ask me. Like, yeah. I felt actually rather rather humbled over it. I thought it was, was kind of cool to have him ask me. So, yeah, people you never know. trust you as a resource and they, you know, you can, they can, they want to learn from you and they want to, you know, when, when they have a question, they'll come to you. Like, um. I had somebody call me the other day, actually, because they were him and his girlfriend were talking about guns and uh, his girlfriend had a question about, you know, the process of buying a firearm. And they called me because they're like, well, you know, more than anybody I know. So, you know, we wanted (laughs) to ask you and she was a little misinformed. She goes, wait, can anybody just buy a gun? Like, no matter what. And I'm like, well, no, not really. There's all these, you know, you have to go through, fill out a 4473 and you, you know, you can't be a felon, obviously, and blah, 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 blah. And. You know, if you lie on the form, you'll get arrested and this, that, and the other. And, you know, told her all the ways that you actually can't buy a firearm and that, that you can get denied for any reason. Um, you know, even if you, you had, pass you had to enlighten she, her, huh? Yeah. But she's like, oh, okay. And I think she felt a little bit better about it. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of misinformation. We already know that though. Yeah. We've, we've done our best to try to, uh, to try to make sure that, um, you know, we share the right information as, as much as we can. So, <laughs> well, that's awesome that you were able to, to teach her that way. I think that's cool. Yeah. And then, you know, if I like, I, I like the feeling that I can be a, a safe, non judgmental, informative person um, for my friends, family, or whoever else has questions. Cause even like, you know, some of my family where they've said something they've either heard on the news or online or whatever, I'm like, well, actually, you know, it's not the case and it's, it's really it's this not quite and, accurate. Yeah, exactly. And I think people like being more informed like that. Most of the time, some people don't care, I guess, but yeah, some, some people just have walls that don't want tore down. Yeah, that's very true. So and I think you're, you're pretty, you're pretty level headed and, and open-minded. So I'm sure when they come to you with those conversations or questions, you're, you're pretty good at, at helping them learn. Oh, thanks. I try. I try. I, Cause you know, it's, I think sometimes, especially people that I don't, that I, or that I don't know that I meet for the first time. And, um, you know, after a while they, they learn that I'm a, fi- a firearm enthusiast and everything. They go, oh, I never would have thought that you would have been, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not in a bad way. They're just surprised that that's something that like somebody like a responsible, you know, normal person like you owns guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're normal. I guess. According, that's hard to believe. Or I guess that's, I guess that's how I come off to some people. So <laughs> But that always, that always kind of puts a smile on my face because then it kind of like, it really does dispel the, you know, dispel the myths that like, you know, there's only gun nuts out there. Well, we are crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, um, that's kind of all I had on my list though. I mean, it was, it would, it, it went by fast, but there's definitely a lot of things that, uh, you know, I think that at least being involved in firearms and being in, in the hobby has improved my life many different ways. Yeah. Yeah, it, it'll interest interest in guns and firearms and and becoming a student 
in in the firearms world will it will open your mind in, into different avenues and open doors that you never thought and introduce you to to fascinating people and and uh and the mechanics of, of guns like i say we we talked about a minute ago i think that is fascinating and and there's there's a lot more to it than just shooting holes in paper yeah and more than just putting the bullets in and pulling the trigger too as, you know, as a matter of fact as well yeah yeah it it will i mean we just identified a few different ways that it's outside of of shooting that it's influenced our lives i think it's i think it's pretty intriguing yeah um so do you have any other any other list, uh ways or no no i can't think of anything off the top of my head but i'm sure I'm sure something will pop up tonight. I'll be laying in bed like, oh, I should have talked about that. <laughs> should have said that. Well, um, if you have any, uh, make sure you let us know. Podcast at iishooting.com or um, Facebook and Instagram uh, at Range Minded Podcast. It's another great way to get a hold of us. And uh, maybe, yeah. Steve, you'll put a, um, maybe post it on Facebook. Maybe we'll get to see, we'll get some good responses. Yeah, we'll start a conversation. I'm going to do it right now. You should. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, guys, be safe. Yeah, see ya. Thanks for listening to Range Minded. Find us online at Range Minded Podcast on Facebook or send us an email at podcast at iishooting.com. We're always happy to get feedback, episode suggestions, whatever you want to send us, really. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and pretty much wherever else you get your podcasts from. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.